I'm Dr. Joe Esposito, and welcome to our podcast for the health of it. Remember to subscribe to our podcasts, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. The information presented on this program is not intended to take the place of your personal physician's advice, and it is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Discuss this information with your own physician or healthcare provider to determine what is right for you. Are you suffering needlessly? Dr. Joe can give you advice on how to naturally get well and stay well. Dr. Joe Esposito. What we're talking about today is going beyond just wearing a face mask. What else can you do to keep yourself healthy? And every show we do, I'm always inspired by you, the listeners, and people on Facebook and Instagram and, and uh, people that send messages through the website, drjoe.com. And we always look to uh, – CR and I put these shows together, and we're always looking for ideas for shows, not that we, we probably have – I don't know, probably got a couple of years worth of shows in the can already. Um, but the big thing is people keep saying, why aren't more people talking about what we can do to take care of ourselves in this time of crisis? And so I said, well, we kind of cover it in bits and pieces on different shows, but here we're just going to uh, put it all together. The things that you should be doing, this is not a cure for COVID. This is not a cure for any disease. This is an addition to everything else. Uh, the Hippocratic Oath, the doctor's oath, is above all, do no harm. And so the things we're going to talk about today are not going to hurt you, and they might help, they might not, but there's no harm in doing them. That's the nice part, okay? So let's talk about comorbidity first. Comorbidity means you have another disease along with the disease we're talking about. So if you have heart disease and diabetes, they would be comorbidity, the comorbidity diseases. If you have high blood pressure, if you have diabetes, if you have heart disease, if you're obese, uh, if you're an alcoholic, uh, if you have a bad diet, this would be a comorbidity for something like COVID-19. So people with the comorbidities are way more likely to get sick and or die than people without comorbidities. Some people without comorbidities die, but the st statistically, I've seen statistics as high as 95% of people uh, that uh, uh, COVID-19 becomes fatal, they have a comorbidity. So let's talk about the things that you can control. You might not be able to control the fact that you're exposed to COVID-19. Uh, who knows? I mean, you may walk into a grocery store and get exposed. But you do have the opportunity to prevent other things from making it worse. So in the top 10 leading causes of death listed by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, diabetes and high blood pressure contribute to five um, of, of the problems, heart disease, stroke, Alzheimer's, diabetes, and kidney disease. So if we can control diabetes and high blood pressure, top five causes of death reduce dramatically. Now, everybody's going to die, okay? But we want to live as long as we possibly can. And you want to live healthy. I've had people, you know, that come to our offices that are in miserable shape, and they say, Dr. Joe, I don't really care if I die at this point. And then we get them better, and they're like, wow, I can't believe I ever thought that thought. So let's prevent those diseases. 2017, Academy, American uh, College of Cardiology and American Heart Association, they redefined the parameters of high blood pressure. Now, when it first came out, I was a little cynical, I'll be honest. And what they did is uh, they took, uh, they lowered from 140 over 90 was high blood pressure to 130 over 80. And my first thought was, what a great way to sell more medication. But then I dug a little deeper. I'm playing my own devil's advocate here. And what they found was the American Heart Association estimated the number of people with high blood pressure jumped from 32% to 46%. But it wasn't arbitrary. It was based on data showing that people with blood pressure measurements once considered normal, 
like 130 over 80, were experiencing some of the same health complications of those people with high blood pressure. So my cynical side, I surrendered to my research side and I said, okay, I was wrong because people, it, it was too high. The numbers that they had were too high because people with lower blood pressures were still having the same problems. So we realized that that became a problem. Doctors in China quickly realized that after beginning to treat patients with COVID-19, that nearly half of those who were, were dying also had high blood pressure. So statistically, we said, okay, something's here. So again, this is a new disease, the, the, the COVID-19. And so statistics are changing a lot. People complain, well, it's a lot of misinformation. It may not be misinformation. It may be that there's new information coming out. Like I said, I don't have a cure. I'm not saying I'm claiming anything here, but these are things you have control over. And statistically, it's a good idea to take care of them. They found that those with high blood pressure had double the risk of dying compared to those who didn't. Well, there you go. If I'm at Las Vegas and I'm going to I'm going to double my odds of winning, I want to do that. Well, if I'm going to double my odds of losing here when it comes to death, I'm going to do everything I can to not do that. This includes patients with a history of high blood pressure, uh, but we're not taking any medications. Now, it's interesting because I'm going to talk about medications in a second. Reports from other countries also show that people with high blood pressure are higher risk of COVID-19. In the past, it's been suggested that ACE inhibitors, which are medications to treat high blood pressure, could increase your risk of dying from, uh, of severe disease. But what's interesting, COVID-19 uh, gets into the cell uh, through, through the ACE receptor sites. And so ACE inhibitors might block the ACE receptor site and then prevent COVID-19 from getting into the cells. So in a case like this, there was a theory that if you took ACE inhibitors, it might reduce your risk of getting COVID-19. Follow that? Made sense, right, Sierra? What I just explained? Okay, sometimes I, I, I get lost in my own thoughts here. More recent research, not the case. It was uh, supported by a recent study uh, published in European Heart Journal. Scientists found the death rate among individuals using medications that affect uh, what's called the RAAS. It, it, those are ACE inhibitors. And again, it, 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 the ACE receptor site is where these drugs work, are similar to those that did not take it. So uh, if you heard that, if you're taking a medication, uh, I'm going to have to dispel that myth. The research is pretty much it's not going to work that way. But there are ways you could lower your high blood pressure so that you don't need the medication. And that's the goal. So again, the medication doesn't seem to make a difference either way, but if we can get you healthy enough, hopefully you won't need the medication. That's kind of my goal. And nitric oxide is great because it opens up the blood vessels and it's, I don't know, one of the laws of uh, uh, hydrodynamics, the bigger the vessel, the lower the pressure. So if the blood vessels open up and relax, the blood pressure can drop. Now, I'm not saying I have a cure for high blood pressure. I am saying that these are the steps you should be taking to hopefully work on lowering your blood pressure, which again is a what? It's a comorbidity. People with high blood pressure twice as likely to die of COVID-19. So if we can do that, that works really well. And Sierra's mother is a perfect example. Another comorbidity, oh, by the way, if you have high blood pressure, I know you're going to say, well, Dr. Joe, what do I do? Go to our website, drjoe.com, type in high blood pressure. And we did a whole show, probably several shows on high blood pressure. Listen to the shows. Spend a little time. You can listen while you're walking, listen in your car, websites, you know, wherever you are, the website is. And whatever you're looking for on a website, just type in what you're looking for, hit enter. Chances are we've done articles, we have have radio shows, TV shows, video, audio. Um, we've probably covered a topic that you're looking for. If you don't, send me an email and I'll answer any questions uh, directly for you. But do the research first. And the research is type in what you're looking for, hit enter. That's your research. And chances are we've had a lot, a lot of good information. I don't want to make this show about high blood pressure. We've done shows on that already. We're talking about comorbidities today. 
Another comorbidity to increase risk rate of severe disease and mortality is diabetes. I wonder what our most popular show is. You, do you ever look at that, Sierra, what our number one show is on the website? What's hit the most? Weight loss. Okay, there you go. Number one, by far. And soon we're going to be putting together whole packages for weight loss protocols, diet, uh, aesthetic work, maybe even doing some uh, fat reduction. Um, so we've got a whole package coming up on weight loss. So, uh, you know, you can do the you can do the first. We have a 21-day cleanse we put people on for weight loss, and that's one of the comorbidities, so I can kind of go down that rabbit hole. But um, if you're overweight, I used to be overweight when I was a kid. I totally get what it's like to want to eat food and eat a lot of food. And we all do because our brain is designed to be attracted to foods because we need food to survive. Well, that might have done us well 60 years ago, 70 years ago, but in modern society, we have access to plenty of food. What do we throw away like 40% of our food supply in the United States or something crazy like that? So we don't have a food shortage, but our brain hasn't caught up yet. And so we crave these foods, especially foods that stimulate the brain and get us high like sugar, like dairy products. And so what we do is we put people on a 21-day cleanse and it kind of helps reset the brain. It takes that long for the brain to reset itself. And then after that, then we can get you eating normally again without those crazy cravings. So anyway, I digress, but that's on the website, drjoe.com. 21-day cleanse is what we do. But we're going to put a whole package together very soon. We're working with some uh, outside uh, healthcare professionals to try to get you looking good and feeling good. Back to diabetes. Data showed that median age of individuals hospitalized for COVID was 72 years old with a hospital stay of about 77 days. The most common comorbidities were chronic heart disease, diabetes, and chronic pulmonary disease, all of which you have control over. So that's what I want you to understand. Every disease that's considered a comorbidity, you have control over. You're not going to catch heart disease. You're not going to catch diabetes. Now, type 1 diabetes is a little different. Uh, You're not going to catch obesity, but you have control over it, so take the control. It's unclear whether people with diabetes are more likely to get infected, but what is clear is that a disproportionate number with diabetes are hospitalized with severe illnesses. So blood pressure, there seems to be a direct correlation. Diabetes, not so much direct correlation yet. Again, the research is still kind of early on. But we do know that other diseases, if you have diabetes, it's comorbidity for other diseases. So it would just make sense to do everything you can to control your blood pressure. And on our website, drjoe.com, type in diabetes, and we've done some great shows on diabetes, and we have so many testimonials, like Sierra's mother with blood pressure, people with diabetes, uh, even one of our uh, staff members, type 1 diabetic, which is a different ballgame than type 2. He, genetically, he's not producing insulin. Um, came to us, horrible diet. Um, he'll tell you the story, so I'm not speaking out of turn here. I'm not breaking any HIPAA laws. Um, came to us, horrible diet, changed his diet, started taking supplements. He went from five or six injections a day to two or three injections today a day. Total turnaround. um, And that's even with type 1 diabetes. So again, we don't have a cure for anything, but these are the steps you can take to get yourself better. It's important to note that while people with type 2 diabetes have double the risk um, of dying from other diseases, now it looks like COVID-19, there's some studies saying it is, some studies it isn't. People with type 1 diabetes are about 3.5 times more likely to die from the virus than without. So diabetes, comorbidity, some questions about is there a direct correlation? Statistically, it looks like there is. How about this one, gentlemen? Baldness may predict COVID-19 severity. That's something you wouldn't think about. One team of Brown University believes the reasons behind certain people being hit harder for the virus may, function, may be a function of androgenic activity. Those are male hormones, which has to do with the male hormones. A team conducted two studies in Spain. First, 
They evaluated the results of 41 Caucasian males who were admitted to the hospital with bilateral pneumonia and who were positive for SARS-CoV-2. In this group, 71% had clinically significant androgenic alopecia. What that means is uh, hormone-related alopecia. Alopecia means hair loss. So recent, uh, and so what we're finding is that if you have this uh, androgenic alopecia, it could uh, could be confirmed as a risk factor. And if you don't have it, it's it's going to be less of a risk factor. Now, problem with this is a lot of that is genetics, so we really can't control that. But recent attention to anti-malarial drugs, hydroxychloroquine is of interest. Boy, that's been in the news a lot lately, right? Trump said it worked, and they said it didn't work. Now they said it does work. But what happens is hydroxychloroquine um, has been demonstrated to reduce testosterone in rodents. Again, this is rodents. It's early on. Although the data supporting use of hydroxychloroquine for the treatment of COVID-19 is limited, the potential negative side effects of COVID-19 patients are unknown. The connection to androgens may prove important. So this is kind of interesting too. Again, I'm just throwing it out there to let you know um, that's not a risk factor you have control over, but it's just a, a fun fact, and I like throwing out fun facts. All right, insulin resistance, which is really type 2 diabetes. Uh, underlying factor to each of the chronic health conditions associated with COVID-19, all of them, heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, insulin resistance. What that means is when you eat food, your pancreas releases insulin. And the insulin goes into the blood system, goes to the cells, and opens up the cells. It's like a key. It opens up the cells and allows glucose into the cell to be utilized. If you eat a lot of sugar, you produce a lot of insulin. When you produce a lot of insulin, the cells are being bombarded with insulin. Insulin keeps saying, okay, open up and let more sugar in. Open up and let more sugar in. Eventually, the cells say, stop it. I'm not going to listen to you anymore, insulin. I'm sick of you. You cried wolf too many times. And so they become resistant to the insulin. And insulin resistance is related to all the other comorbidities that we're talking about here. So researchers from Brown University acknowledge that their population included uh, older adults uh, who are known to be higher risk of severe disease. So again, we're dealing with people that are more likely to get sick anyway in this study. Other studies, researchers have identified obesity as a prominent factor as it doubles the risk of hospitalization for people under 60 with COVID-19. While obesity is at top of the list, other investigations shows individuals with more severe diseases have more than one underlying, more than underlying, more than one underlying health condition uh, makes it worse. So obesity on top of high blood pressure, on top of diabetes, on top of heart disease, uh, you start stacking your risks. And again, all those things we talked about are under your control in most cases. So uh, this one study on insulin resistance, uh, 5,700 New York patients produced results showing that most common comorbidities, again, high blood pressure, obesity, and diabetes, all are related to insulin resistance. What do we do about insulin resistance? Stop eating so much sugar. When you stop eating so much sugar, you stop producing so much insulin. When you stop producing so much insulin, the cells are no longer being bombarded by insulin, knocking on the door saying, hey, let me in. I want to open up and let glucose in. Then the cells become more sensitive. They're not getting bombarded by insulin all the time, so the cells are finally go, you know, I could probably start taking some insulin back in again. And so all the comorbidities, insulin resistance, what is that related to? Your diet. Group of patients who died, the researchers found that those who had diabetes had a higher likelihood of being on mechanical ventilation or placed in the ICU compared to those who did not. So it's a slower, more miserable death as well if you had the, um, uh, the diabetes. Those who had high blood pressure were less likely to have been on a ventilator when they died compared to those who did not have high blood pressure. 
So weird. Diabetes, higher risk of having a horrible death at the end. Uh, high blood pressure, less likelihood of having a horrible death at the end. So again, we're starting to look at these comorbidities. And again, the information is so new, we're not sure what it all means yet. But my point is that you have control of heart disease, diabetes, obesity, and why not take control of it, especially now. And I did a show a while ago and why the African-American community is uh, disproportionately affected by COVID-19. And some of the research we found in that show showed that black community oftentimes has more comorbidity, diabetes, obesity, high blood pressure. Um, and so I really want to get this message out to the black community and say, hey, guys, you have control over this. And even if you live in a, in a food desert where there's not good food to choose, there's always better options. No matter how poor you are, take that back. In most cases, your financial situation uh, can be controlled if you make the right decisions. For example, if I could buy a can of beans for 50 cents or I could buy a bag of chips for 50 cents, that can of beans is going to be a much better choice. Beans going to have fiber, it's going to have nutrients in it, um, and it's going to help prevent some diseases as opposed to chips, which are only going to exacerbate the condition. So there are options out there um, that you can do. Again, do, we just need to get the word out. And that's why I wish more and more uh, people like myself were out there saying these are some better options. And that's what we're talking about today. So you want to restore your insulin sensitivity to reduce your long-term risk? We don't know how long COVID is going to be around. And it's a virus. So is the flu. So is cold. So we're going to be bombarded by viruses forever. Unless the world ends, viruses are not going away. So you need to take this as a warning sign to say, hey, this is my opportunity to learn all about viruses or the best you can. And what can I do to prevent it? So to survive the next pandemic, whatever it might be, improving public health has to be a priority. And I'm hoping and praying that the, the, the world gets that message. Improving public health has to be a priority. That's going to solve a lot of problems. It's unreasonable to wait for a drug or a vaccine to cure everything that comes along. There's going to be new diseases. There always are. And we're waiting, for, we're waiting for a vaccine, waiting for a drug. Why don't we just start taking care of ourselves? I'm not against researching for medications. I'm not against any other research. These are the things you can do today to take care of yourself. So it's time we address the underlying illness and disease. So robust immune system is necessary to combat anything. Flu, COVID-19, common cold. Addressing insulin resistance, very easy to do once you reset your brain, of course, because sugar stimulates the dopamine receptor sites in your brain and you're getting high from it. And so it's really hard to make a logical decision. I'm no different than you. If I have gluten-free organic cookies in my refrigerator or in my pantry, I'm going to want to eat them. Now, again, I'm, that sounds silly, gluten-free organic cookies, but it's still a lot of sugar. If they're not in my pantry, I'm not going to eat them. If I go in my pantry and I'm really hungry and I get home from work and the only thing I have is lettuce and maybe some carrots, which are really cheap, by the way, potatoes, again, not the healthiest food, but pretty cheap, uh, cans of beans, cheap, and I'm hungry, what am I going to do? I'm going to eat what's available. But if I have cookies there, I'm certainly going to pick the cookies above a can of beans. And not, Sierra's behind the camera nodding her head like, yep, yep, sure is. <laughs> so, so you can't have the bad food in the house. If the bad food is in the house, you're going to eat it. How often? 100% of the time. Unless you're super Superman, but... Sierra and Garrett and I are not Superman and woman, so you got to get the bad food out of the house. And that's step number one. It's necessary to cut down on your processed foods. Eat more fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. We know 
that uh, you do not have a good glucose control. If you don't have good glucose control, you're at a higher risk of infection, including viruses, and we're presuming COVID-19 as well. Again, a lot of these things I'm talking about, we don't have the research on yet, but I'm projecting that if it affects every other virus in your immune system, there's no reason to say that it's not going to affect this. So these are steps that you can take. You got to deal with the comorbidities. Another thing, this was an interesting research that I saw. You understand hand washing is what? It's important. We've learned how to wash hands. All of us across the world learned how to wash our hands for the first time in our whole lives. 20 minutes, 20 seconds, scrubbing the fingertips, scrubbing the, the, the thumbs, getting in between the nails. I never scrub my hands so well. We all scrub our hands now like surgeons, which is great. I support that 100%. But if you, you, there's something else you can do is flushing out your sinuses. It might even be a better way to inhibit the progression of viruses like COVID-19. There's no research on what I'm about to say, but it's something you can do that's totally benign, essentially free, and it'll probably work. It's not going to do harm if you do it, unless you do it the wrong way, of course. So uh, April 2020, uh, MSN's Best Life Features recommend, had a recommendation from a Dr. Amy Baxter. She's a pediatric emergency me- uh, medicine physician in Atlanta. So if, Amy, if you're listening, I'm going to quote you here. So. Nasal irrigation is rarely discussed uh, to help reduce the progression of disease and even for those who have, have already tested positive for COVID-19. April, uh, April 2nd, 2020, uh, response to a British medical journal paper about the lack of personal protection of equipment of, of COVID-19 frontline people. Professor Robert Matthews also brought up the importance of the potential use of oral pharyngeal washing to protect healthcare workers. Flush out your sinuses. Because where are the viruses? They're in, your sin- they're in your sinuses. They work their way into the throat. Then they work their way into the lungs. Then they set up shop. And then the immune system attacks it. The immune system is overwhelmed by the viruses. The immune system sends in a second wave of immune cells. Those second waves are what's called um, a storm. It's called a cytokine storm. And th- that's when the, the immune system starts attacking the lungs. And the lung cells start to die. Fluid builds up. And that's what kills you. The virus itself doesn't kill you. It's the virus causing the cytokine storm in most cases with COVID-19 and the weak immune system or a naturally functioning immune system that causes the death. So why don't we do everything we can to keep the immune system normalized and prevent the immune system from going crazy? And we do that by changing your diet, keeping your body healthy. So nasal irrigation uh, found that the viral load of of SARS-CoV-2 tends to be heaviest in the sinuses and nasal cavity. Regularly rinsing your sinuses, therefore, makes sense as it would help uh, clear out the pathogen and prevent it from getting a strong hold, a foothold in your lungs. Age and gender discrepancies observed in COVID-19 also supports nasal irrigation. Now, if you don't know what nasal irrigation is, it's pretty cool. Children don't develop full sinuses until they're teens. Males have larger cavities than women, and the cavities are, that are largest when you're over 70. Now, again, we're probably spe- we may be speculating on this. But old men have larger sinus cavities than women. Uh, children have smaller sinus cavities, less area for the COVID-19 to grow. Do we have proof of any of this that's going to affect it? No, but you can easily irrigate your sinuses. It's pretty simple. Now, you can do it pretty simple. Uh, you can get a, uh, a neti pot, it's called. It looks like a little teapot. And you boil some, uh, you get some lukewarm water, about 0.5 teaspoons of baking soda, and about a teaspoon of table salt. Make sure it's a good quality table salt. And you put the little uh, teapot up one sinus, turn your head sideways, it'll flush out the other side. It's really a weird feeling, but once you get used to it, it works really well. Okay, and I do this a lot of times in in the winter as well, just to kind of flush out my sinuses. So uh, again, there's no proof that it's going to work, but these are things that you can do to help keep yourself healthy. Uh, If you'd like to make an appointment, you can go to our website, drjoe.com. 
Again, I'm not treating COVID-19. Don't come in and say I'm treating COVID-19. Um, you can go right to the website. We have offices in Marietta, Duluth, Stockbridge, and West Cobb. Normally, the first visit is uh, $375. That's an exam, x-rays, consultation, going over the x-rays on your next visit, doing a nutritional evaluation with you. We've reduced that to $149. We're not going to do that forever. We're going to have to cut that back soon. Um, but it's our gift to the world to say, folks, this is our opportunity uh, to allow you to start getting treatment. And so many patients, uh, we see a ton of patients, and it's great because most of the patients listen to us and most of the patients get amazing results. So that's why we want to be your doctors. We want to get you well and keep you well. If you have any questions, send them to me through the website, drjoe.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Dr. Joe Esposito. We live stream a lot of our shows. Uh, we'd love to have you on our live streams as well. Tell your friends about the show, drjoe.com. I'm Dr. Joe Esposito. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening to For the Health Fit. Remember to subscribe to this podcast and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. You can also listen to and call into my radio show live Sunday evenings from 7 to 9 Eastern Time on WSBRadio.com and on a WSB Radio app. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.